Bam, bam, bang. Hi, Alex. Hi, Kimmy. We sound chipper considering it's a fucking shit show today. Uh, yep. I'm going to just put like a little trigger warning on this. I don't know that I'm going to be able to get through this without saying the F word like a thousand times today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's going to be multiple, multiple F words. There's lots of reasons to be mad. So if you, well, hi, welcome to how to be queer. <laughs> I'm one of your co-hosts, Ken. My pronouns are she, her. Hi, I am the other co-host, Alex. My pronouns are they, them. We are married. We're married. Hey. Hi, honey. Hi. Captain Underbite here. He almost ate all your carrots. You know what? <laughs> Give me my effing carrot today. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> Give me my damn carrot. Um, if you, we are powered by youth scene. Thank you. Youth scene to our sponsor. Um, go on over to their website, youthscene.org. That's S E E N. If you like what we have to say today, which again is going to be a lot of F and swear words, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, go over and show them some support because they support us in bringing this podcast to you. And even if you don't like what we have to say today, still go over and support, <laughs> use that anger for asking yourself why. I agree. So if you're if you're joining us today, um, this is the day that the Supreme Court officially released their decision overturning Roe v. Wade and sending our country back. I don't even know how many decades. So I'm going to start with with sorrow from this court, but more for the many millions of American women. And we're going to talk about that word women in a little bit. Yeah. Who have today lost a fundamental constitutional protection. We dissent. Justices Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan. So that, you know, I guess there's a lot for us to unpack here today, Alex, but overall, I want to say I, um, I've, I have not personally ever had to make the decision of whether or not I was going to terminate a pregnancy. I've not had to face that decision. Mm-hmm. I have, however, had um, a pregnancy that was not viable. And I had to have, um, I had a miscarriage and had a DNC process, which is essentially an abortion. And this is the type of thing that we are talking about. I just, I, I don't even know that I have the words today of how we've become, how we have, and, and, and it's not surprising. We knew, um, we knew in May that this was going to happen. We've known for, oh my gosh, I mean, decades that this has been in preparation for this to be overturned and it still just shocks you. Mm -hmm. Like I'm shocked and I shouldn't be because this has been laid out for, and if you are shocked and like legitimately, like I didn't realize that was gonna happen. Boy, you got to pay attention a little bit more because this is, it's been pretty clear that this is where we've been headed for a long time. Yeah. I think riding the wave of like, you know, you expect you're always, you, you expect the worst, but then when the worst happens, even if you know it's coming, it's, it still doesn't. It still doesn't feel quite right, does and then it? It happens, and you're like, it's somehow your body. It's still shocking. On I, some I, level. I, yeah, maybe it, it it speaks to our internal optimism, right? That we we just want to believe that, like, no, these justices told the truth under oath mm-hmm. that this was decided law, and they didn't see any reason to go back on it. But you know, they lied. And then you've got, you know, Collins and, um, oh, we're going to just go with good faith here. Like, okay, fuckers. And here's where we're at. 
So I've had a lot of people like through my job today, reach out to me and, and, and just kind of tell me where they're at. And I keep saying the same thing. And maybe if you're listening, so I don't know, you want to listen to me or not. You can tell me to fuck off. I'll tell you to fuck off. It's all fine. Everybody can fuck off today. <laughs> I think it's really okay to say today, like, I don't know what the hell to even do. Mm-hmm. I don't know where to turn. I don't know what to say. I just, I just don't know what to do. Um, but then tomorrow we got to pick it up. Yeah. I think I just, I just connected, you know, um, you've been in mass media and communications for decades now. Yeah. And I think and I've learned so much, you know, listening to you about, um, was it in 90, 97 when think the communications, like things kind of like, merged? Oh yeah. So in 1996, there was the 96. media consolidation act, yeah, um, which was presided over by president Clinton yeah. that allowed media to basically consolidate. So most media that people consume is owned by one of six major corporations. Yeah. So I guess I just connect that now it's coming on the, every, everything comes in the pipeline of, you know, what we consume is, is on media, how we consume media Yeah, and that what, you know, that the, the anti what what would it be that the if you're if you're not you know cis and straight the anti everything else yeah um gosh it's just power and control and yeah, suppressing I mean, voices it's it's about dominant culture dominant culture right okay. where and this is why um this is my little plug for independent and public media well so, right that's always yeah yeah, Take like if you next. are if you are out there and you are a person that is producing independent media, meaning you are not you you are not being driven by corporate dollars, right? You're not being driven by um, bait bait and click journalism. Um, you're not being funded by the creating the most salacious thing that you can, so people either click or watch or tune in, which drives up advertisers, right? Like if you are producing media that's like basically like, no, 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 we're here to, to either present facts or first person narratives to help you create a sense of empathy with someone else's lived experience. Like if you are in that independent public media, um, yeah, like the heat is on us that we have to really um, hold true to our value of serving the public because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. We serve the public. We don't serve anybody else. We don't serve advertisers. We don't serve any of that shit. Um, we are here to be reflective of our communities and to look into communities and be like, who hasn't been heard mm-hmm. because the dominant culture, which is whiteness and straightness. Yeah. Um, if you, that is, that is mainstream media. So it's interesting. Like you can tell because if you are a commercial media, you are driven by people either clicking through or tuning in and that, and they sell that then to advertisers. Look at how many eyes we got on this. Mm-hmm. And then advertisers give you huge amounts of money, mm-hmm. right? Because then they want their ad heard on your space. It's media yeah. buys. And so public media and independent media, independent media still is driven by eyes, but usually they're funded in a different way. So like, you know, when we're talking about media, it's like, you have to know who's funding your media. You have to know. So I just keep hearing like, you know, we talk about the American dream. Mm-hmm. It, the American dream is not really to find any kind of freedom. The American dream was built on make money and step on others. I mean, the second we decided that to build an economy on the backs of, on the backs of enslaved people, people was okay. Right. I mean, <laughs> and then to, and then to call it freedom. Right. It's so fucked up. It's, I mean, there's a little bit of a flaw in that system. There. I know. <laughs> anyway, I just, I'm, I guess I'm kind of trying to maybe even connect for my, myself and anybody else out there who needs to hear it too, but just what happened today is not, 
is there's, you know, there's a, there's been a domino. Well, I guess I was listening to someone's perspective on this and, um, you know, they were, they were highlighting something that I think because of dominant culture, we don't spend a lot of time thinking about unless you are one of the people that's impacted. If you're a person that's impacted and you think about this shit all the time, Yeah. but the only people in our country that don't have to have some type of an amendment to our constitution for rights <laughs> are white cisgendered straight men. They are the only group of people that do not have to have something written into the very fiber of our constitution for their protection. Women, they see no problem with that. And they see no fucking problem with that. And I know, you know what, men, like, I know it's not all of you. I know it's not all of you, but you just got to give me today just to be fucking angry. Yep. Okay. Women didn't have the right to, I mean, if you were a person of color, you had no rights. Women can't vote. Queer person of color, anything. We had to put all of these different laws in place to provide protections and protections from who is the question. So these are, this is the shit I fucking think about all day long. And then, you know, you, you, you get somebody like Trump who did not win the popular vote to put three justices because of fucking McConnell. And this is where we're at where half of our country has just lost a fundamental right to having bodily autonomy. That's where we're at. So if, if you're not fucking scared and I guess like the thing that bugs me about this too, is like, I have a lot of men that are like, well, I don't know that it's my place to do anything. The fuck it isn't. It's exactly your place it's because exactly. you're the, you're the person, you're the voice that everyone's going to listen to. Thank you. Yes. So what are you going to do with that voice for good? Mm -hmm. Just let the women fight on their own for this? Fuck you, dude. Get in the fucking game here. Mm -hmm. And don't even sell it to me like, well, if you have a daughter, you should care. <laughs> do you really need to have a daughter to be able to say, hey, I don't want this random woman over here to be like raped and then have to give birth to her rapist baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you have to have a daughter to find that type of empathy? Like, you, fuck you, dude. And well, yeah. And like, where did your daughter come from? <laughs> it's just... Your your wife your or the, the, the person you're married to with the uterus that had the baby. Mm -hmm. So I can't talk about, I can't talk about this without, I want to share something that Jillian Ford from one Colorado wrote today. Yes. So I'm going to read this. And then I know we've got like a ton of things to talk about because we're both bugged at the word, word of, of women over and over and over and people thinking that if this is only a thing that affects women. Like I can't even people. Okay. So here's from Jillian Ford at one Colorado. The policing of bodies is not new to poor folks, black people, indigenous folks, and the Latinx community. These inequities are pervasive in the structures under which our society operates. It's no coincidence that the same people calling for the inspection of young bodies to determine whether or not they can play on a sports team and the incarceration of families who support these young bodies are the same folks working to control our personal, sexual, and reproductive health decisions and incarcerate those who dare to defy them. We must stand in defiance. Well said, Jillian Ford of One Colorado. I know I got to take a breath on that one, right? <laughs> Stay in your happy place, Kim. I don't even know where that is anymore. So Alex, can you tell everyone, because this is one of the things that I talked about at work today too. Um, when we are talking about this, why we talk about bodies and not necessarily using the word women's. Mm -hmm. So there's two aspects of this. Number one, this law affects everyone, everybody. Yeah. And I'll talk about that in a minute, but can you 
can you, edu- I hate to use the word educate. Cause I don't love that word. Cause it sounds really like elitist and assholey, but again, like, I don't really share care if I can, I can share, can, share information. can you share information? I'm <laughs> um, why, when we talk about this, it is about reproductive health and not necessarily women's bodies. Yes. Because if, so not everyone who has a uterus is a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so this connects to, um, I'll start in the, in the place where, um, you know, gender, it lives between your ears and your body parts, your body is your body. And um, so there are, you know, transgender men, non-binary folks, me, um, other people, cisgender women, of course, um, who, who have uteruses, who have the capacity, uh, the ability to carry children. Yeah. It's, it's like one of those nuances of language, right. That's important that you don't necessarily have to be a woman to actually have this impact your healthcare. Yeah. You're, you're a body and that body is impacted by this. Yeah. I remember, um, years ago and I, I forget, the, I forget his name, but you know, um, there was a man who had, he, he and his wife had had yeah. a baby and, you know, just, I remember the way, um, the article, you know, kind of made him, it just wasn't, it didn't feel very humane to me mm-hmm. um, of like, you know, he was like some kind of spectacle, like, look at this pregnant man. Yeah. And it's like, this is a person who was creating life and creating a family and that's beautiful. So do you want me to talk more about that clickbait media? <laughs> Everybody fuck off. <laughs> Everyone fuck off. We're going to end every, every paragraph of that. Okay, sure. But in, in this kind of like ties back, to like, so it's just one of those like little nuances around language. Like, I know we all want to try to be as inclusive as possible. Mm-hmm. Like this, this affects people's bodies, mm-hmm. right? And so we want to be inclusive of our trans and non-binary community when we talk about these things, because it matters. Their lives matter and their bodies matter. Yeah. And these are already a group of people that have been completely marginalized within our healthcare system and are being criminalized for even trying to use it. And their doctors are being criminalized for trying to provide them care. So just like that little shift in our thinking that not everybody that walks around with a uterus identifies as a woman, mm-hmm. not everyone that needs access to this care is a woman. Yep. And if you find yourself like, you know, saying like Kim and Alex, I just don't follow this, like just pause. And like, you know, let it come over you and think about it. Yeah. So, but you can write us at how to be queer podcast at gmail.com. That's right. We have an email and we get lovely emails on it. We do. I love when people email us. Me too. It's very happy. It makes me really happy too. Yeah. Cause for the most part, people say nice shit to us. They do. It's always a spot of joy. I'm like, Ooh, look email. Yeah. And if you don't like what we have to say, well, fuck you. <laughs> I, we've never knock on wood. We, we have ne- we have yet to get a, like a hate email. Yeah. I'd be scared for somebody if they tried to send oh, me that. I think, I think they know. I think people know. Like I wouldn't mess with me. Right. Anyone who dares try to like, or mess with you. I'm super protective of my people. <laughs> like I'm nice until I'm not fucking nice. <laughs> <laughs> True story. Love it. And I also really don't give a fuck what people think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know it's a, I'm used to getting hate messages. I know how to respond. Well, I was going to say, can you share a little bit with people about what happened with Colorado crisis center? Oh 
Yeah. So I have a TikTok video that I did. Um, I was, I did a, a sponsorship video, video for Colorado crisis services and um, they are a crisis service hotline. You can text or call. It's not therapy. It's not like ongoing therapy, but anyway, so I just did a, a video on TikTok to support the LGBTQ to LG. Today is a day. It's that kind of day. Okay. Fuck off today. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're gonna keep going here. Um, to support the LGBTQ community and basically saying, you know, when you have an affirming a provider and someone who, who understands it's, you know, it's really life-changing. Um, and so I don't know how, whatever the algorithm or the marketing, but I got, it was again, like I said, about 500,000 views and a lot of maybe half, like two or so um, of the comments I got were some form of like, this is, you know, some form of hate. I'll just say it like that. And then there was other people who were like, oh my gosh, you know, I've used them, but I've used the service. They were there on the other side. And then it was really nice. The, um, the, the company that, that hired me to do it reached out and said, Hey, you know, we've been watching your monitoring your video. Um, we turned the comments off so people can't comment anymore. And they check they're like, how are you doing? And I was like, you know what? Like I'm, I have my supports in, in play. And, um, I get that anyone who throws that kind of shit at me or anybody is severely um, angry, resentful, insecure individual. And I don't, so I just, I've learned, I think I've learned to not take it personal. And, um, but then I also don't respond on, I I wasn't responding to the comments. And so I thought I I didn't want to turn them off because I wanted to also sit be like, look, look at this kind of, you're actually proving why this crisis line is needed. Exactly. So, um, I mean, part of me is like, you can go ahead and turn the comments back on because, um, we all need, yeah, you, yeah, I think I'm just kind of, you know, your point, like these, these fuckers who come on here and they're, they say all their and throw all their shit around. I'm like, you're actually proving the point of like why these crisis centers are needed. So Mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to fall apart when you say, what is it? Who? Well, and this is, this is, and then I want to go back to, 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 to the part about what Jillian said, because there's something really significant that we have to talk about within the context of like what ending Roe v. Wade, um, and the, um, politicizing of people's bodies is doing. So I don't want to like lose that, but I do want to just like go on this thread for a minute. We both have like pretty active TikTok accounts. Yours Mm -hmm. is like 20 some thousand people. I'm like somewhere, I don't know, between nine and 10,000 people. I don't do it a a ton, but sometimes I, I guess at least part of the reason why I'm so happy that we did start it is because I want young people mm-hmm. in all of the shit that they see mm-hmm. of all of the policing of their bodies, of their identities, of, of being able to say the word gay, being able to play sports, all this stuff. It is important that people who are thriving and queer put that out into the universe, because I we've talked about here on here numerous times mm-hmm. that not having representation of thriving queer people is really damaging to your own perception of self. Yeah. And so I'm not a huge social media person, but I push myself to do it because I'm like, we got to have positive representation and I'm sure shit not going to wait on mass media to do it because they yeah. typically fuck it up all the time too. 
and they either, you know, they don't tell stories of, of joy. They're always telling stories of struggle. So what I find though, is I want to say like 90% of the time people come on and they're like, thank you for putting this out there. I love you and your wife. Um, but every once in a while I get a fucker Mm -hmm. and the fuckers almost always say the same thing. Every time they comment on you and what you look like. And they'll say, what is that? Mm -hmm. And I sit there and I'm like, what the hell has to be wrong with you (laughs) as a human being to ask another human being? What is that? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I, you little fucking keyboard warrior. And then I go, well, Jesus, somebody's texting me, go away. <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> um, but I do go to this place where I'm like hurting people hurt people. Yeah. They just do. Yeah. And I try to dig deeply into my empathetic source to be like, oh, baby, you are hurting somewhere. Mm-hmm. If your response is, because what are you doing on queer TikTok then to begin with? <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, yeah. I was just wondering, I'm like, I don't, yeah, I don't know where, how, how, and where, like when they see stuff, but yeah. Yeah. But like, for the most part, I'm like, but you're watching us and you feel compelled mm-hmm. to write, like, w- w- what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. You, you just defined the, the bully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm also like, what do you got going on inside you that this felt like something you needed to do. Mm -hmm. Now, truthfully, I do get a lot of questions around why people say like, if Alex is they, them, non-binary, transmasculine, why do you use the word wife? That is the the second question. Yeah. Whenever people ask me questions, I get that question all the time. And like, you can tell because people are like, I don't mean to offend. And I'm like, usually when you say that, like sometimes I'm like, yeah, but you do. (laughs) Um, But then other times people are like, I literally just don't understand. And I don't know. Do you mind sharing? And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, I put myself out here. So sure. I'll share. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, I've, I've, I've read some of the comments too. It's like, I love you both. Also, I don't understand this. I'm like, with, when people do stuff like that, it's like, okay, well, yeah, I don't know. They're trying to. And my, and my short answer is, you know, spouse, what did you say? Spouse sounds like what to you? Spouse sounds like how a hospital room smells spouse like it's not good no partner i have business partners that doesn't feel good (laughs) right so it was going to be and then i'm like husband you ain't you're not a husband Mm -mm. and so then we went through whoopee which is a child's blanket if you remember mr mom although i do love to shout it out you (laughs) (laughs) over the edge of the of the banister when it's late at night and we're ready to go to bed Wait. Well, they, yeah, but you know, but then after a lot of conversation, Hey, can I use, can I use the word wife? Yeah. And you were like, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you're a, they, them mom it could be a, they, them wife. I know. And my, and my kids are so awesome. Our, our kids are, are, are so great at, I don't know. They're, they're little advocates and allies. And when you, you know, they're just like, yeah, that's my mom. She's there. Wow. Wow. Ooh. You misgendered yourself. Yeah. That happens. They, them. Anyway. Anyway, we're going on in a, in a, in a circle here. It's but fine. It's okay. fine. So going back yes. to Jillian's really well, and you can go to one, um, one Colorado.org and you can read um, the full uh, statement that they put out. I, I really, really do feel like it was, it, it was just incredibly well put together. But one of the things that 
you know, she's talking about here is the policing of bodies is not new to poor folks, black people, indigenous folks in the Latinx community. And so I guess part of like with this ruling where I get really pissed off is when people say, well, this is about the unborn. <laughs> and like, if this was about the unborn, we would be living with much different policies than we do because the second that baby is born, you don't give a fuck. And in some of these states where they have put this through, they are actively stripping away rights of that mother and child the second that they're born. So mm -hmm. like, can we just say like, so this is actually about policing bodies. So can I read a quote that, yes, um, that pink pink put on her uh, Instagram and then I just reshared it because I thought it was, so it's by Van Jones at Van Jones 68, um, I believe. Yeah. So he writes, this must be the most pro-death, <laughs> pro-life Supreme Court in history. More guns, more death penalty, and more babies? I guess with all the killing, we're going to need more people. Is that the rationale? It's just awful. Sometimes Van Jones really says it. I thought that was, yeah. I yeah. Share that. I, I just, I think we have to stop. I mean, I'm sure maybe for some people, these policies are about because I grew up in the Catholic church and I know how some people feel about the unborn and, but that's your decision for your body. Like, I can't even get into this. It's all fucking been said and by people that are way smarter than me, but I just, I, it's just, it, this is about the policing of bodies that we deem as not needing or deserving of the same rights as other bodies. And those bodies tend to be bodies that we identify as women. These tend to be bodies that are black and brown. These tend to be bodies that are disabled. These tend to be bodies that are queer. Like, let's make no fucking mistake about what this is. This is keeping a power source of white, cisgendered, classist, affluent men. Mm -hmm. Because everyone else with this is fucked. Because they're too fucking insecure to understand they don't want to lose. The, it's a power grab. They don't want to lose their power. They don't want to lose their power. And the writing is on the wall. Mm -hmm. We know that generations that are coming up, these generations are much more in, 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 in embracing of gender fluidity, of sexuality being fluid. They are much more, they don't see color the same ways. And I don't mean that in the bullshit colorblindness way. Mm -hmm. Our country, we are fastly approaching where white is going to be in the minority. And so what do you see? You see the people that have been at the, the, the power source grabbing as much power as they possibly can to try to hold on to it. And the thing is, the only thing that's going to change it is we got to get out there and fucking vote. Mm -hmm. You cannot sit back on the sidelines anymore. And if you have been, you are part of the fucking problem of just letting this power source continue. Burn it fucking down to the ground today. Burn it down. Okay. Action. Um, what is it? There's a quote, right? Activism is equal parts anger and love. Oh, that's fascinating. I've never heard that before. Well, because the anger and I, the, the anger, I, I it it per, it personally fuels me, but anger can can you can you know use it for fuel for action. Yeah, I you know, and activism is 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 what we all should be striving for, right? Where we're centered around the action and not the individual. Yeah, right. Because if you focus on the individual, that's what turns into into performative. Look at me. Look at what I'm doing. Like, no, you want to focus on the activism, and the activism in this is if you are not registered to vote. You have to vote. Mm -hmm. You have to look at where the money is coming from. 
you know, there's a whole thing and I wish we were going to get to it this pride month and we didn't, but like, you have to look at what corporations are, are giving money to support some of these legislators. Like we have to vote them out. That is the only thing that can work. Mm-hmm. You have to give, you have to give your time, your talent, your money, something. That is the only way this is going to change. And I remember Alex, like when, um, when, uh, Ruth died, when Ruth yeah. Bader Ginsburg died oh. and I fucking lost my mind. And I remember people looking at me like, why are you so scared? And I'm like, this is why, because you knew if you were paying attention, you knew that we were coming to this day. Mm-hmm. She's. Oh, I don't even want to please let her be somewhere resting in peace. She's, um, yes. Wow. I went to the the inner, I don't know. You always go, but yeah, I love when you go to energy for me. I know. I guess it's just the, just the, I've always had this, I, I believe in, I believe in hope, having hope and faith because otherwise what else is there? Yeah. What else is there? Like, I don't. I don't ever mean to come across as toxically positive, but I just genuinely have a belief in myself and people that we, you, we can do it. And so I guess, you know, with Ruth and I've, I heard this, this quote one time about like, you know, everything happens for a reason. And then, you know, looking at both sides of that and it's like, well, whatever it is, things happen because they happen and you have to forge reason because otherwise what else is is there? there? Right. What else is there? So you have to find, so that's where I go energetic. It's like, well, this, this happened. Ruth died before she could vote on this. So let's, let's reframe, you know, energetically, like the universe is, you know, like the, the, the organized chaos is reordering itself. It's, and maybe it's um, going to be an even greater impact than if, she, you know, cause she, she is only one person. Yeah. So maybe it's, I mean, I get your point. It's like, does this wake up a generation, right? Yeah. I mean, does this, does this, is this the rallying cry that finally people who've been sitting on the sidelines or have been voting for Republicans thinking that it's in your best interest or thinking I care more about my tax cut than another person's humanity. Yeah. Is this the wake up call that, that ignites a generation? I think it might be. Yeah. I mean, I think our kids' generation, you said earlier how our kids are growing up with less rights than we had, but um, they also, they have, um, their experiences have made them more savvy in certain ways and well, it's the, it's the, it, it, well, we've talked about this a lot on here, with the, right? With inclusion. It's their, yeah. They see inclusion and, and bodies and sexuality and, and color and culture in a much different way mm-hmm. than the people who are in power and control right now. Yeah. It's fascinating. Cause I, I think, I think I've talked about this book on here, but just in case that I haven't, um, Charlotte Alter wrote this book called the ones we've been waiting for. Oh and it yeah. Came out okay. a couple, it came out a couple of years ago and yes, that is a, a direct line from Mary Alice Walker um, that that President Barack Obama used in his speech when he won the uh, nomination. 
Um, and the longer quote being, you know, um, we are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the change that we seek. Mm-hmm. It's a, if you, if you have, if you need to go back and, and either read Mary Alice Walker, or you need to see um, president Barack Obama's speech, we actually keep a copy of it on our wall because I love it so much. We are the change that we seek. Yeah. In other words, if you're sitting on the fucking sideline, like it's time to get in and make some change, mm-hmm. um, that the change is, is in us. We are able to do this. Um, but anyway, Charlotte Alter wrote this book called the ones we've been waiting for. And I recommend this book to a lot of people because what she did is she took 10, um, 10, uh, millennials and these are 10 millennials and some of them before they became famous. So two of them are AOC. So, um, Acostas Cortez, uh, and Pete Buda edge. Okay. Um, and Dan Crenshaw is another one that's in there. Okay. So I know I'm probably like, I'm going all geeky on you for a minute. Well, Just I know stay with me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she followed these 10, oh, Lauren Underwood is another one out okay. of, um, out of Illinois. Okay. And so, and she's a woman of color. Um, AOC is a woman of color. Pete Buda edge being a part of the queer community. Dan Crenshaw is a, um, he is a veteran. Um, he is a Republican. This is what was fascinating about her book. So you, you read through her book and I apologize to the other people that were in it that I just can't remember off the top of my head who they were. But one of the things that was really fascinating is she does this study of these 10 millennials who are like, yeah, I'm going to go into public service. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to run for office. She could only find one Republican. So the book is like nine people that they might not necessarily like identify as being a Democrat, but they definitely identify more like not with a conservative party or a conservative movement. Dan Crenshaw was the only one she could find for her book. Okay. And so you look at like the the, the politics and the policies around these, and I was going to say kids, but they're not kids. These are obviously fully formed adults. I'm just being an ageist asshole right now, (laughs) but it was fascinating reading that book because it made me so hopeful Mm -hmm. because I'm like this generation coming up. And then you look at the generation younger than the millennials and they're like, so y'all are handing us a bum fucking planet that y'all have burned up. Um, you basically are eroding rights of anybody that's not white cisgendered male. Fuck that shit. Yeah. You know, they're like, I'm not going to pay into this educational system. That's going to bankrupt me like this generation coming up. Like no wonder these old white men are fucking scared. Yeah. Like they're... it's like tick tock, tick tock, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Learn it on tick tock, tick tock. No, <laughs> no. But if, if, if anybody's interested in that book, it is Charlotte alter. Um, that we are the change. Um, we are the change that we seek, or we're the ones we're the, we've been waiting, waiting for. for. Okay, it's an amazing, amazing book, and I really admire Char- Charlotte Altar. So, yeah, I know. Sometimes I think, um, you know, every generation has different than the last, and I'm every generation. It's not like the beginning of a song. Every generation. <laughs> <laughs> I totally did not mean to um, steal that 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 song lyric, but it just worked out that way. Anyway. Um, so every generation being different than the last and <laughs> it's forever young. Yeah. I'll finish my, I my. think I just have to be, I have to go to that place of like, like you were saying, like it did, 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 um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying. Like did, you know, it was, it was such a traumatic moment and I'll never forget where I was when I heard, um, and it shifted, you know, obviously it shifted the direction because that's yeah. when the whole fucking thing started with McConnell and all the shit. Um, but I have to, I have to just sit back and think, 
to your point, Alex, and this is one of the things I just, I love about you. And I'm so fucking proud and happy to be married to you because you always remind me of the goodness of what can come and the goodness of like, Hey, think of this in a way of like, it fucking sucks. This is a dark day, but it could be that this energy is all realigning itself for, to bring in or usher in something new. Yeah. Now, do I wish we didn't need this type of a wake up call or this type of power horde holding on to their last bits of power? Of course, because what's going to happen between now and then is that millions of people are going to be impacted and hopefully not die. Yeah. I, I think, I think what holds us, holds us back a lot as, as human beings is that our brains are not equipped to deal with the things that we do. Yeah. So we've created this, this, we, we created this world we live in and now it's like, you know, we're, we're wired to be like lazy, um, animals hiding in holes, like just staying alive. And then, but I think that any, you're going to say something. Well, I was just going to say, like, it brings me back to even what you were saying in the beginning, like the, the, the when we decided, right. That we were going to build our economy off of the backs of enslaved people. Mm-hmm. And that then we were going to say, Oh, you know what? That might hurt some little white girl's feelings to learn that in history class. <laughs> Right. Like when we've made these decisions as a country mm-hmm. to say that the civil war was about states' rights. No, it fucking wasn't. What were those states fighting for? Mm-hmm. Like when we've decided that it is better to whitewash our thinking than to deal with the destructive and dehumanizing past that we have, like that is where people are like, oh, I'm surprised that this has happened with abortion. I'm like, right, because you've been conditioned to think that you are in this like bubble of protectiveness because you're of your whiteness, mm-hmm. your whiteness. And the fact that maybe you're living in a socioeconomic way mm-hmm. and you, yeah. And that you can have access to it. So what happens is all these white people, all these fucking Karens and their husbands, I'm like, so you basically think it's okay to vote against another person's dehumanization because you've been conditioned to not even see it. Mm-hmm. because it's too troubling for you to see it. Yeah. And I know a lot of people in our neighborhood listen to this podcast and I don't fucking care. And I'm just going to say it. That's why if you, if you voted for Trump and you try to defend, it's like you, you are the fool. Yeah. You are the one who has been conditioned to value dehumanization, Absolutely. which is super fucked up. So don't you fucking come to my fucking house and try to tell me that you let me live in your neighborhood, which actually happened, which is actually fucking happened. So fuck all y'all. We actually did. You have a woman in our neighborhood that said to you, I let you live on my street. Yeah. Oh, we're so inclusive. We let you live here. People. Oh, you're trans. I have a, a friend who's, who's, kid is trans and then misgendered him through the entire conversation and also said actually she didn't say it she actually put it in writing yeah i let you live on my street Mm -hmm. yeah so when i see these fuckers from across the street and i wave i literally in them in my car i'm waving because that's the platitude and the niceties right but it's like in my head i'm like fuck you 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 wave you don't give a, I, are you waving with I your middle a, finger? I wave with my middle finger a little bit. I, I give a nod because, you know, I've, I've learned enough social awareness to that. I'm supposed to be nice to people. 
So maybe the because letter, maybe the, our broadcast should not be brought to you today by the letter F. <laughs> because then hey, if I'm fuckers. not, if I'm not nice, then they will manipulate those words and say, look at the angry trans person. Yeah. It's like they force you to play right into the narrative. Fuck. Oh. I'm telling you, our podcast today is brought to you by the letter F. Brought to you by the letter F. Hey fuckers. That's where we're at today. We're gonna we're gonna just start every podcast with that. Hey fuckers. Oh, I yeah, I and I, it's funny because James and I have had James's art 16-year-old son. He and I have some really good conversations about this. And interestingly, he said to me the other day, because we were having a conversation about this, he was um telling me about this this kid who's a total fucker. And then he was like, yeah. And their moms and, you know, and mentioned the mom's name. And it was the same mom who said, oh, I let you live on our street. And I'm oh like, my. James, I think I have an idea why that kid's a fucker because apparently the mother's a fucker who just <laughs> breathe other fuckers. <laughs> and if you're a fucker and you don't do any work to change your fucked up thinking, then you breed fuckers and you breed fuckers. So he and I had a whole conversation about like, <laughs> fuckers, learn this. fuckers learn this from big fuckers. <laughs> I have to find some humor today. We do. We laugh when things are super fucked up because we have to. <laughs> I think that should be the title of this podcast. <laughs> this one today is brought to you by the letter yeah. F. <laughs> Interpret how you like. So I did want to, we wanted to talk a little bit, and this is probably going to be the last thing we'll talk about today because I, I don't know about you, but I'm I'm going to need a, a cocktail at some point today. And that is not, <laughs> listen, fuckers, everybody do what you got to do mm-hmm. and, and smartly use whatever your vice is. Maybe your vice is sleep. Maybe your vice is exercise. Maybe your vice is responsibly drinking a cocktail. You go do um, you, boo. You do you, boo. My vice is gin and tonics in the summer. Oh, delightful. With some lime. With a lot of lime. Mm-hmm. Gin and tonic, ice cold. Is girlfriend coming over? No, no, no. Okay. Gin and tonic. I, there is a there is a rally downtown tonight, and I said I I cannot after working on this all day. No. Yes. Can't do it. Can take okay. care of myself and my family, and and show up and do all the things I can tomorrow. Um, when we were talking about though, like going back to Jillian's uh, statement, yeah. And, and when because because one of the things that I did want to mention here is when she is artfully weaving in for you here that it's no coincidence that the same people calling for the inspections of young bodies to determine whether or not they can play on a sports team and then to incarcerate the families that support those young bodies. That is a um, really specific wording that is directly tied to some legislation. And I think the last time we reported this, there was like 250 anti-trans and LGBTQ laws on the, on the books. We're now up to 300 folks. Oh my God. I remember when it was 176. We're up to 300. (sighs) Brought to you by the letter F. If you're not scared, like be scared, but also be informed loud and informed. So Alex, can you, I know that you had pulled it up for, for us earlier because when we read this, we were like, oh, I totally see where she's, what she's doing here. Um, because we are talking about, again, the policing of bodies and creating inequities. When we are talking about bodies and she's talking about this, can you share with everybody the one specific one that, and if you think this is only in Ohio, it's in Ohio right now, but it's mimicked in lots of other states. Yeah. I, um, I tuned in to it because I'm, I I grew up in Ohio. And um, so it's, this is from June 6th of this past year, Ohio bill banning transgender girls from female sports could require, could require genital checks. Okay. Just that 
title alone. So it talks about um, that basically it's House Bill 151, also called the Save Women's Act, uh, I'm sorry, Save Women's Sports Act, says if a participant's sex is disputed, she must verify her sex with a physician in, quote, only the following ways. Um, so let me just say really quick, I want you to, I'm going to paint a picture here for you. So you're a five-year-old, you just signed, signed your five-year-old up for little league soccer and someone from the opposing team, maybe another parent, another coach, um, some other little kid decides that your kid, um, might not be a little girl. Mm -hmm. And so then she could be subjected to a pelvic exam, mm -hmm. a full, and it says undergo a full pelvic exam based on somebody eye checking your someone kid. eyeballing your kid. Okay. Yeah. It's so it's so beyond fucked. I can't even like y'all want to, you know, there's that, that sexual abuse. Absolutely. It is to, I check somebody and say, now I'm going to subject you to a full pelvic exam. Like seriously, this is why this podcast is brought to you by the letter F today, because you said mm -hmm. it, that is really fucked. And I'm just going to put a period on this one. How many scholarship opportunities have been taken away from cisgender females to a transgender female? How many, Alex? Because <laughs> my understanding is that's a big fucking fat zero. I was just going to say, I found some art, some information on bestcolleges.com on how to, how to uh, support trans athletes, but nothing about scholarships. So your little fucker on the on the sports field who, I mean, quite honestly, like, I, I don't know what opportunities you think little whoever is missing out on. What is the percentage of kids that get athletic scholarships to even go to college? Like we are talking about a fraction of our society. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just, it is the most, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. This is white moms and dads living in the fucking suburbs, trying to power hoard for their fucking kid. Mm -hmm. My kids, you know, you know, they've got to be the best. They've got to get the scholarship. And this is what they do. Mm -hmm. They think that it's like, I, it's just mind boggling to me that you are going to put a child through a pelvic exam because you think that your kid is losing out on something. And I say, fuck you again. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, that it's not, this, this isn't pie people. <laughs> this isn't pie. There's, there's enough. Okay. So, um, but also that this is a false, this yeah. is a false narrative. Like, so there, the, one of the arguments that I'd seen some of these fuckers put up is, well, we don't want our girls title nine. We've been fighting in title nine for girls to get an equal opportunity in sports. And this just erodes it again. Let's go to the data. Can you show me any place where a cisgendered female has lost her scholarship or lost her opportunity to play and compete to a trans girl. Yeah. Because there is nothing. 
So what is, this is a false narrative that is being sold to you. And what it is, is it's transphobia. Yeah. So trans women, there's a, there's a cut with, um, should I go through a couple of things from this article? Totally. Um, Only if you say the word, I'm going to say, I'm going to say fuck a lot. Um, So trans women do not have inherent physical advantage over cisgender women. Let's just like, we got to lay that out. We've said it before. We'll say it again. Anti-trans sports bills don't protect cisgender women. They harm trans women. Say that again, please. Anti-trans sports bills do not protect cisgender women, cisgender girls. They harm trans women. And um, we need to all, um, here, wait a second. Keep going. Okay. Um, so then the, in several d- dozens of colleges and, and, and two conferences within college sports have trans inclusion policies for, for varsity, in, in, intramural, and club sports. Um, and then it goes into, do trans athletes have an advantage? And then basically that anti-trans sports bills just regurgitate the myths about trans girls and women's quote unquote advantage over cisgender girls and women. It perpetuates this misogynistic man address trope that endangers trans girls and women. Um, and this, this narrative along with many others in the media has, has detrimentally detrimentally shaped Mm -hmm. the cultural narrative on trans people. Um, the, the advantage argument has no basis on any reported issues arising in trans inclusion in sports and, and is scientifically unsound. Um, if you want to read some more research on this, go to jo- Joanna Harper. Um, she's done some research on trans women athletes. Physical advantages are always a part of sports like Mark, Michael Phelps's torso and feet or Brittany. Um, they say Griner. Yeah. Uh, her wingspan, height and hand size. But um, but these bills they further isolate trans people from public life, they and they don't protect cisgender women, and they actually reinforce the the sexist assumptions about cisgender being cisgender women being weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. So the actual challenges that trans athletes face, they're almost always the trans. They're almost always the only trans person on the team. <laughs> So they have to rely on their teammates and their coaches' willingness to, and, 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 and advocacy to ensure their safety and to continue um, and to allow their, their continued, uh, partic- not allow, their continued participation. Um, so this often means that trans athletes have to do additional work to educate their teammates and their coaches. Uh, trans athletes are, have to, are constantly contended with misgendering. That's assuming they're out on their team. Um, and trans women in particular are, are subject to constant harassment and heckling. And the abuse may come from the opposing team and its supporters or their own team supporters or other, anyone who knows that they are trans. Jesus Christ. And then non-binary student athletes are completely unacknowledged in the trans inclusion policies in, because they still rely on a gender binary. Um, so... The sexual verification practices are stemming from the 1930s when that overwhelmingly impacted black women and other dark skinned women of color whose femininity and, and womanhood were scrutinized against norms defined by white women's f- f- femininity. Fucking white women. Right. 
the trans girls and women who are most often and most viciously targeted in the media and by a transphobic public are black trans girls and women. <laughs> um, so in addition, th these challenges also for, put pressure on trans student athletes because it, it'll, it'll impact their, their, not only their, their athletic performance, but their academic performance, their ability and desire to even pursue college, um, their overall mental well-being. Um, and, and so the future possibilities for trans athletes in college sports, it just, you know, if, if you go trace it back, like there will be no, it's like you, there will be no college sports if you don't allow them to practice their sport. Right. So it's this whole, you know, you're just, they just um, double down. Yeah. It's just systems that are, that can continue it to impact the people who are the most vulnerable and need and the need for them to have just a place to play. Yeah. And their kids, they should just be able to play. You should just be able to play. Not look in their pants. It's disgusting. Like it's really fucking gross. Yeah. And I love the way that we always tie like to the queer community that we're the perverts. I'm like, oh my gosh. Right? I'm like, and y'all are really fucking focused on what's in people's pants. Who's mm -hmm. the pervert? Mm-hmm. You know, I know I've been kind of like in the side here being like fucking white women. And I look, I, I am a white woman and some of my best besties in my life are other white women. I was born of a white woman. And I got to just say, like, if you hear me say that and you get offended, that is your first step into asking yourself why and what you might need to look at. Yeah. Because if you can't see that white women are the ones that are perpetuating a lot of this harm too. Like you got to look at that. So I don't know, maybe you're married to one of these white men that's holding up these laws and he's telling you how to vote and all, but the interests and our money and blah, 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 all this stuff, girlfriend, you got to figure out what you're doing. That is basically supporting this shit going on and yeah. what you need to do, because now you've been handed quite a fucking blow. And if you think that this isn't going to impact you, it is. Get in the game. I know. As we as we eat our microphones. Eat our microphones. And I'm just gonna like say one more thing and then we'll wrap this one today. Okay. Um because of the opinion that was released today, and then Thomas came out really quickly afterwards and yeah. said, Hey, we got to look at all these other cases. And so people might be like sitting back being like, that doesn't make much sense to me. I thought we were talking about, um, reproductive rights. Why are we all of a sudden like talking about gay marriage and all this stuff? Yeah. There's people way smarter than me that are going to be writing about this, but in particular, he's using this language around cases that were founded on right to privacy. And that is marriage equality. So people like it sometimes, and, and it's not like a natural connection you would make, right? Like when we're talking about right to privacy and the three things that Thomas quoted in it are cases that found, founded marriage equality, right to conception or co contraception, excuse yeah. me, um, and same sex uh, relations. So all of those are founded under a right to privacy. 
the other one that is founded and there's more, but like the other one that was really peculiar that he didn't mention. So he's saying, Hey, now that we've done this with Roe v. Wade, we need to go look at all of these other ones that were founded under right to privacy. And we should think about under a conservative court, what these look like. So I think I've said this on here before. I am mentally preparing myself that our marriage is not going to be recognized at the federal level. I think most queer people, if you're paying attention, you, you get that message loud and clear today that should this continue um, under this conservative court, your marriage is not going to be recognized. I don't know if that means if you're not married yet, you should go out and get that marriage license because is it harder to undo something? I, I don't know. These are the questions that you and I had asked ourselves. But anyway, he he cited those, but the one that he didn't cite was loving, which is what, what um, recognized interracial marriage. And why didn't he recognize that one? Because he is married to a white woman. So if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about Clarence Thomas, he just completely told on himself. Mm-hmm. And honestly, after Anita Hill, like, oh, but we will continue to talk about right to privacy and how today's decision it is a horrible blow to our country. It is a horrible blow that we are living in a country that thinks it is we are going to start to take rights away versus granting them. And that the only people living in our country that have not had to have their rights recognized and spelled out are white cisgendered males. But if they are willing to take this right back, you have to ask yourself what else is on the table. And Thomas basically told you, mm-hmm. this is what's on the table. So we will continue to yeah. show up for our podcast and do the best that we can. Maybe next week we'll do something really funny. I don't even know. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll have a bottle of wine with us and get... I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not. It I know is, that we, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I, I know that there are people around the world that listen to this podcast. Um, yeah. If you're, if you're one of our international fans and you're like, what the fuck is wrong with that country? Don't worry. We're asking ourselves the same thing. <laughs> That's right. And can we come live there? Can we, can we come <laughs> live with sponsor you? us? Because <laughs> more than likely, you know, things are going to get worse before they're going to get better. Mm-hmm. We have four children and we're on, we're on our way. No, <laughs> we're delightful people though. We're delightful. I make really good, yummy food. You do. And I can, you know, do, I'm handy around the house. I I'm handy around the house. I, you don't want to eat anything <laughs> that I make. I I am very talented at, at, at pairing wine. You are. I like to garden. You're very talented at, at designing. I decorate incredibly well. Yep. Yes. Um, I'm very fussy <laughs> after a certain time of night. So it's like, if you you don't feed me and give me proper care, I could turn into a gremlin. (laughs) That's why we're perfect for each other. Alex is is patient and caring and generous and lovely. I am a fussy asshole, (laughs) but between the two of us, we kind of balance out into like a somewhat normal human. We have a good balance. We do. So, um, yes, if you're one of our international fans, like, please send us an email at howtobequeer.com because we might be searching for asylum soon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Balls of magic. Thank you for listening. Uh, for real, you can email us at howtobequeerpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on the book of faces, Facebook, 
at Balls of Magic and Instagram, Balls of Magic. If you're interested in burning down the patriarchy, please reach out to us. We write it down. <laughs> yes. Peace out.